everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty. And Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us, and welcome to our 25th episode. Yay! <laughs> oh, I can't believe it's been 25. Okay, uh, today we're going to be talking about the season 18 premiere of Grey's Anatomy, entitled Here Comes the Sun. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, just to start us off, uh, Giuseppe, how was your summer? How are you? How's it going? How's it going? Well, it's going pretty good, I have to say. I'm so happy to be back. We have been off for like a long time and it's been like a good summer. I did like a tour vacation of Sicily. I mean, I am from Sicily, but there were lots of places that I hadn't seen. And since, you know, COVID and I couldn't go to Europe, I couldn't do anything else. I decided just to, you know, go around Sicily and with with some of my dearest friends. And it was great. There was like a lot of sea, a lot of sun and lots of swims so what about you how was your summer uh good doesn't sound as exciting as going around Sicily I gotta be honest um but I got so I got vaccinated at the end of like double vaccinated at the end of July and so here stuff started to open up in August so I gotta go and do the thing that I miss the most which is going to the movies oh yeah uh, I really miss that so I've seen like four or five things at the theater my friends and I have gone um i saw a movie twice because i liked it so much um, oh yeah I read, it. I read about it the three guy movie i think yes. it's called yes oh i love that movie so Isn't much so amazing to watch it like two times i still haven't seen it you need to okay it's up on disney plus now i'm gonna rewatch it this weekend for a third time <laughs> i love it so much yeah. um guys we all i mean jasmine has great taste so we should all watch <laughs> this movie jasmine the, the movie is called free guy correct yes, yes. okay okay uh, it's on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, so that was uh, really exciting. And uh, my friend Amy and I, we were able to go out. So we went to our um, favorite Italian restaurant here that we hadn't been to since my birthday, which was right before the pandemic hit, like literally like a, like a day or two before. Mm. Um, so we hadn't been back because it's indoor dining. We hadn't been back since uh, literally like a, like a year and a half ago. So um, yeah, it was, that was really exciting. And um, it's been nice to be able to get out more. And I saw people, again, I haven't seen literally like a year and a half. Oh my God, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah that's, been, that's been really great. Yeah, it's amazing. It feels like we're, we're about to, you know, to enter the, the final phase of this, you know, hopeful, hopeful period. Let's Fingers hope. crossed. Fingers crossed. So Jasmine, now let's go back to Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited to talk about the premiere, but before we do... Do you want to start off with the 30 second recap? Sure. Count me down. Yes. Three, two, one, go. On the season 18 premiere of Grey's Anatomy, we find the doctors living in a post-COVID alternative universe where the pandemic is over and things are as back to normal as they can be. Casualties from Seattle's Phoenix Fair and Undie bike race are brought to the ER. Maggie and Winston return from their honeymoon and Teddy and Owen finally tie the knot. Bailey, Richard Hayes, and Maggie work on hiring new doctors to fill Jackson, Krasik, and Joe's former positions. And Meredith travels to Minnesota to meet Dr. David Hamilton, who's dedicating a research library in, the, in honor of her mother, and has a surprising encounter with Dr. Nick Marsh. Ta-da! Ta-da! So what, what a beginning. What a beginning to the season. Yeah. <laughs> there were things that I loved and things that I didn't like. I have to say that, you know, that episode felt a little bit disjointed to me, mm-hmm. but it surely is a vast improvement on the pacing of season 17 and, and in, an interesting way to start the season, especially for Meredith. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm so, so happy that we are in a post-pandemic world. I know mm-hmm. it's fiction, but I just want Grey's Anatomy to give me back my romance, my fun, my flirty banter between characters. Like, that's what I, I was happy about. Like, it's back to being escapism, I feel like. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's about, it's, it's again, the show is back being funny. So I'm really excited about it. And, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if this is the last season or not. But I think, I think this is it. Because it surely feels like, for sure, this is like Meredith exit storyline, both romantic-wise and career-wise. And also... I mean, did you notice all the Easter eggs from the pilot? Yeah, so somebody, so Amy sent me a video somebody made, uh, I think it was a TikTok of like all the little Easter eggs. I saw there was that tweet where somebody was like, oh, look, an Easter egg about her, like Meredith's top is similar to the one in the pilot. And Ellen Pompeo was like, Easter egg confirmed, watch out for more. 
Yeah. And then yeah. basically they were making like deliberate callbacks to the pilot. I'll, I'll be honest, I caught some of them, but I didn't catch most of them until I saw people, like that video and people pointing out, and I went like, oh, that's okay. Like I, I see what they're doing now. Yeah. 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 I was pretty excited about it. I mean, at the beginning of the end, you yeah. know, about having entered the arena several years ago, Merrick, Meredith waking up suddenly, having the pilot, dialogues like, you know, when the new character played by Peter Callagher says, says you're the spitting image of your mother, which was uh, a thing that Richard Weber told her in the pilot. Mm -hmm. it, it also fe it feels like it's coming full circle. Yeah. And at the same time, when Meredith wakes up at the beginning of the episode, we don't know anything. We don't know where she is. We see a bed. A room yeah. that she's in a hotel, but like, where is she? Yeah. Yeah, right? Where is she? It's a room that we're not familiar with. And when you think about it, when you think about the voiceover at the beginning and the voiceover at the end, the fact that we are in a new world for Meredith Grey, I mean, it all makes sense when we, we hear the end of her voiceover at the end of the episode, because what she says is that she has played in the same arena for the same time. Maybe now it's time for a new game. Maybe now it's time for a new arena, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is why I feel like this is the beginning of, of the end. I mean, it feels, I, I mean, they, they've always said that the show will end when Ellen Pompeo says, okay, let's end it. And I think that what's happening here is that Ellen Pompeo has already told them, I, this is my last season. I want the show to end. And I think they were trying to convince her to not to do it. But you know what? I think they're preparing our, us for a new spin-off or something like that because they will not let go of the Grace franchise. But at the same time, this is this is it for Meredith, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess what I'm surprised by is that like, I've watched other shows in the last few years who like I was watching live in the lead up and then during the final season. And normally like Amy and I were talking about this the other day, we had a hockey game. And that she was like, yeah, like, I really thought this was going to be the last season. I said, I did too. But it's like, they haven't announced it. Usually they like milk that promo. You know what I mean? Like they promote exactly. it as the last season. Usually a network in the studio will like milk that for all it's worth. And so I'm surprised that they haven't done that. Because from like a marketing standpoint, like. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Of course. Yeah. It, so for a show as big as Anatomy. Again, I think that what's happening is that they're trying to do everything possible, you know, for for to convince Alan Pompeo to stay or I, I think they're trying to see if there is actually life on the show for the show if Alan Pompeo leaves which would be such an, or an error to make I want the show to end when Meredith's story is over but I think they're trying everything to keep the show going because mm -hmm. this is not a normal show this is not just any show this is the show you know mm -hmm. so I think they're desperate. They're desperate and they're trying to do everything. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually changed their mind and said, you know what, Ellen Pompeo is going to leave, but we're going to go, we're going to continue doing the show. Because as you said, it does make sense from a marketing standing point. But again, why, why making a premiere that is such a callback, mm. you know, to the pilot? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we'll see. And, We'll see. And also, for the first time in a long time, I felt like that we have two big Meredith storylines. Yeah. I mean, like two big ones, right? Yeah. And I'm going to say something. I literally gasped when Meredith saw Nick Marsh at the restaurant. Mm. Like my heart stopped <laughs> and then started beating with such excitement. So Jasmine, let me tell you this brief history, so that backstory, sorry, so that everyone knows why I'm so excited about it. Mm -hmm. So you might remember it, that I already told you that when, when Speedman, Scott Speedman guest started as Meredith's patient in episode 14, 17, One Day Like This, mm -hmm. I completely fell in love with the, with the actor, with the character, with the chemistry. Uh, between him and Ellen Pompeo. And I was impressed because I felt like it was going to be our end game. Mm -hmm. and, and do you remember that I told you about the music theme? The yes, fact that, I remember this, yes. Yeah. They, 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 what was surprising to me at the time was, you know, Meredith and Derek had, had a, you know, an important theme, music theme. And for the first time for Meredith, for Meredith's new partner, they had even created a new music theme um, a music that we hear again with this in this episode, 
which is so romantic and, and tender and, and yet so exciting. So I remember that after season 14 ended, I kept hoping that summer before the beginning of season 15, that it was going to be announced as a series regular. Everybody was asking for it. And yeah, then TV- I, I remember that too, yeah. Yeah, and then TV Line broke the news that it was not happening. Like it was a huge deal at the time. And I remember this interview from Ellen Pompeo in which they kept asking, asking her about Scott Speedman returning to the show. And she was like, well, we begged him. He know the door is always open for him, but he doesn't want to come on board. So to see him at the restaurant, I was, trust me, trust me, I was completely shocked. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I have been a big supporter of Meredith and Ace, as you know, I love them. And, and they seem great together, but I feel like they wasted a little of their potential by dragging out the story because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that or do, or do you think it's the, the chemistry is still on point? I, like I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I honestly, I felt differently because when she was in Minnesota, and she was hanging out there, I kind of thought, oh, maybe she's going to run to Nick at some point, because I was like, hmm, who else does she know in Minnesota? But I kind of thought it was going to be the sort of thing where, you know, she was going to run into Nick at some point, or when she saw him at the restaurant, she was going to run into him, and it was going to be like a, hi, how are you? This is my, and Nick was going to be like, oh, this is my wife, or this is my new partner, or whichever. And, you know, I thought it was going to be kind of one of those, like, friendly kind of meetings. Um, So I was surprised when she got back to the hotel, and he was waiting for her at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I really, okay, I will say this when I, like you and I are totally the same page when Nick first showed up back in season 14, love that episode, rewatched it. I had a friend who was a big Felicity fan, yeah. um, that Scott Speedman was on. Um, and so she was super excited when he showed up. I was super excited, the theme music, the everything. And like, I was super disappointed when it broke that, you know, so the Scott Speedman had just gotten off of being on the show Animal Kingdom. And so, you know, they like, like you said, the show courted him, but he wanted to take a break from TV. And I was super sad when that came out, you know, but I mourned the loss. I moved on because it wasn't going to happen. I sat through the nonsense. There was that DeLuca storyline. Oh I, you oh know, my. yeah. When, when they introduced Hayes, I was super excited. I fell in love with his character. And, you know, I've really been you know, waiting and so excited for him and Meredith to finally get together. Um, so when Nick showed up in this episode, it was revealed that like he was single, his, his niece that he's been raising has just gone off to college and he was still interested in Meredith. And it was revealed that, you know, Meredith and Hayes had dated off screen. We didn't get to see it. I'll be enraged oh, for days on that. Yeah, it is awful. I mean, after all such build up, but I, I, you know what? I think they did this on purpose because I think that I mean, Jasmine, I don't want to hurt you, but I think that they're going to make Nick and Meredith endgame. And I see th- they make that happen. I'm honestly going to be so upset. I'm going to be more upset than when How I Met Your Mother ended with that terrible ending. I'm going to be so upset. Yeah, but I think that's why they didn't. They chose not to show us Meredith and Ace at the beginning. I actually think that is the reason. And also, we have to remember something that, you know, um, I mean, they wanted Scott Speedman so much, and now they brought him as a serious regular. And there was this interview uh, between him and um, Krista Vernoff, the showrunner of the show, and Deadline, in which they kept talking about how it's going to be a romantic comedy for for Meredith and and Nick, and oh, how I hate it. and and how and and the interviewer asked Krista, "What well, what role is Ace going to play in it?" You know. Yeah. And, and he said something like, well, there is complexity because Meredith has feelings for both of these two men, but you That's have to remember. Seriously, going with the love triangle? She's in her 40s. What the hell? Yeah, really? I agree with you. I agree like, with oh, you. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't want a love triangle as well. I mean, I hate them. But in this case, I feel that if you're going to have a love triangle, for once, the choice, the both options seems, seem viable. It's not like that the Luca and Meredith and Link triangle in which both options were not good, you know? Yeah. So, but, but the point is, why bring him as a series regular if, they, if it's not our end game? And again, the music theme, guys, the music theme, I think it's very important. Why create a music theme? They never did this for Meredith and Ace. And, and I, I don't know what's going to happen, of course, because now I'm seeing lots of Meredith and Ace fans. That is a thing that I, I haven't seen in the past. And now, 
it's coming to light with this new development. And at the same time, I also read that, you know, Scott Speedman said that he signed just a one-year deal. And so Krista said, we're taking one year at a time. We don't know what's going to happen. But again, if this is not the last season, and if, if it's not Meredith Endgame, why bring him for just one season, you know? Yeah, and I, I want to say this too. So, you know, Amy and I watched the episode together on Friday. Um, and then we talked about it for a little bit. And then afterwards, so like I said, I'm on, I'm on that panel. And so the questions came in and I was doing them. I was answering the questions. And I didn't know. So like when Amy and I were talking about it, I was like, oh, like we we're talking about what might happen. Amy had a really great point. She goes, I wonder if they're building to like a really big mid-season finale where Meredith is going to come back from Seattle and like her and Kays are going to kiss. And they're finally going to get together or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that would be great. And I said at the time, I was like, well, you know, if they... Um, I feel like if you know this other, you know, if the Scott Speedman character was going to be around for a while, you know, like it would have been announced. And then I was doing the, the questions for the panel, like later that night. And as I was reading, one of the questions about like how he'd been up to a series regular. And I was like, what? Because I didn't know that. And I Googled it and it was true. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. I was so angry because like I was all on board with this. OK, she's in Minnesota for like the first half of the season and they kind of have a thing. But then she comes back to Seattle. Meanwhile, like Bailey has helped Hayes out with his son and they can, you know, him and, you know, Meredith and Hayes can finally be together. And then finding out he was a series regular, I was like, I was devastated. I was like, are you kidding me? I have to put up with this crap all goddamn season. Did you read the interview of Christopher Arnoff and Scott Speedman? No, I haven't. I haven't, oh. I haven't read it. And I probably won't because it sounds terrible, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually sounds like end game, end game material. I mean, uh, that, but again, he just signed for a year. Does this mean this is the end? Or, or, or maybe, or maybe there, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but I think that we're, if we're going to have a season 19, we're not going to have Nick Marsh. So again, for all the interview, during the old interview, they talk about this romantic comedy. There is a one point, okay, I'm going to bring this up, but there is one point in which the interviewer asks, Scott Speedband. Okay, but what's gonna happen now, you know, with Ace? And Scott, I mean, Scott Speedman says, um, Ace? Who is Ace? And Krista Vernoff does not correct him, does not say anything, you know? Yeah. Although that being said, that being said, I do want to bring this up is okay, so my Twitter timeline was freaking out a few weeks ago when Meg Moranis did that interview where they said that Meredith was just gonna be focusing on her children and her work. And, you know, she wasn't looking for a new relationship. Yeah. What the hell was that? Because her kids are nowhere in the premiere. We don't even know who's looking after them because everyone's at work. She's in Minnesota. And apparently she dated Hayden. Now she's flirting with Nick Marsh. I was like, <laughs> okay, so like all of that was a complete lie. Because it had I, nothing I, to do with the premiere. I just want to say that. I'm so like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I think I think that was actually made on purpose because I feel like this season, you know, it's all about Meredith and her love life, and it's. It, it, I mean, I mean, I remember that I sent you the article. I, I mean, uh, or yeah. the, that I wanted to share with you, and I was like, oh no, we're back in, during season thirteen with Meredith. I just know, I know. Her work. I mean, Meg Marinis used the words devoted to her work. I mean. That's yeah. not true, guys. But I think this was made on purpose, you know, to just throw us off. Throw us off, yeah. Like, Amy brought this point up, and I'm so frustrated with this, because it was one of those premieres where, like, there were things I didn't realize, and then, like, Amy mentioned it, and then I thought of something, and I was like, now I can't not think about it. Absolutely. Did they forget their own premiere? Because I'm like, was this the episode they were talking about? Because, like, you look at the interviews, and you look at this episode, and they have nothing in common. Like... <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. And I was, um, and again, I was, I was happy. I was happy because finally Meredith has two big choices to make. Also about her work, because she got a proposition. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But what I wanted to say, you know, about Nick and Meredith in, is that I love them. Okay. I want them to be in game. I really do. And I know that I feel like I jumped the ship and my heart breaks for Ace. It really does. Yeah, the poor guy, like... Yeah, poor guy. And also, I mean, that last scene between him and Bailey and the fact that he's preoccupied about his son, that I had anxiously attacks, as you said, while he was dating Mary, uh, Meredith. I think that was so sweet. And I feel like poor guy is on this bar all alone while Meredith is flirting with Scott Speedman. And, but the point is that to me, Nick and Meredith have just better chemistry, natural chemistry. See? And it's one... 
it's one of those chemistry that actually reminds me of the early sweeping romances of the show, you know? See, and that, that's what I think that you and I disagree there because when he first showed up, like back in season 14, 100% agree, loved their chemistry, popped right off the screen, totally agree. But then in this episode, I didn't feel that at all. Like I thought that Meredith and Hayes had a great chemistry, like even though they were just talking over the phone, like on FaceTime, I felt the chemistry there. Whereas with Nick, the entire thing to me just felt very forced and not, like rigid. And like, it's just here because like, they've decided to throw Nick Marsh in the mix. Like it felt extremely forced. It felt very fake. It felt like I didn't feel it at all. And I'm not trying to be a hater. I just, I didn't feel it. To me, it was the contrary. I mean, when I saw that phone call between Meredith and Ace, I was like, oh, they do have good chemistry. But when I saw the scenes between Meredith and uh, and Nick, I was like, oh my God, they're amazing. The way they talk to each other, the way he talks, the way he moves. I mean, you know, there was this moment in which they said, oh no, oh, okay, we're both a miracle. And how it is important, the responsibility you feel when you're still alive to make your life worthy. Mm-hmm. And it was, there is this moment in which the actor just uses his hands and does something like, you know, he snaps yeah. his fingers. And I think that was great. I mean, I see all this, it, it just feels real to me. And again, wh- if you go back and rewatch, I mean, I think that you said that you rewatched the episode and yeah. at the end of the episode, Meredith is like, okay, I cannot date him because he's my patient, but I haven't felt this way since Derek died. And then there is this line from Alex and he says, well, isn't it great to know they're still out there and Meredith looks at the door, uh, the door, the exit door of the bar of Joe's bar, and we have this flashback over, uh, like very, very young, like season two. Yeah. Like it is a scene in which we, the show is telling us, is telling us love is still out there and it will come, and yeah. it finally came. And so this to me also feels like a full circle. And I mean, Meredith and Ace, they've been together in the same hospital now for like what? Uh, half and uh, like a year and a half mm-hmm. and they are still at the beginning of their dating and nothing really happened with that with Nick and Meredith it's just to me it feels like it's different like it's in another on another level that that is what makes it for me like endgame material and I think they're writing this way I might be wrong and I have to say that if it ends up with Meredith and Ace I'm gonna be okay with it it's I mean Ace is no DeLuca so it wouldn't make sense but Again, with Scott Speedman on this show, I'm sorry. I'm just all in, all in. And I totally get what you're saying. I I just think that for me, I feel like we're different sides of this coin because for me, like, I love that end scene when Nick Marsh was in the episode back in season 14. I love that. But to me, the character, you know, when he, like, he went back to Minnesota, she chose not to pursue something because he was her patient. He didn't call her. He didn't get a hold of her. They didn't interact. The guy never reappeared until now. And so Meredith moved on as a character. I moved on as a fan. And so to me, this just feels like a throwback for no reason. To me, it feels like, okay, I was all on board, but then nothing ever happened. So I moved on. And so I feel like Meredith has moved on. And so, and on top of that, like what bothers me too, is that like when we first see Nick appear, him and Meredith are in a similar place in their lives. You know, he's, he's raising his niece, he's raising her kids, you know, they're single parents. But now when Nick's come back, his uh, niece has just gone off to college. So he's an empty nester where she's got a home full of three kids under the age of 10 or around that age. And so now I'm like, well, like now they're not even in the same place in their life anymore. Well, and that's like well, the issue with her well, other love interest. So to me, I'm like, oh, love of God. Like, but, but wait, wait. Meredith asks him at one point, do you miss the noise? And he says, absolutely. So he's in. He's in for the, you know. He's going to be okay with Meredith. Kate, oh, yeah. Like, no, I don't say he wouldn't be okay with it. I'm just saying that to me, um, what I really liked about Hayes as a character and that potential pairing was that um, it felt like, like to me, it felt like the chemistry and the relationship she could have had with Riggs, but f- for her at a better time in her life where they're both on the same page and both the sp- same stage of her life, because with Riggs, also when she was considering dating Link, it's like, well, you know, Meredith was a single mom of three who'd lost her spouse. Nathan thought he'd lost the love of his life, but then they found her, you know, Link had never had kids, Luke wasn't even in that realm. And so like, all I want for her is her to date somebody who's at the same stage of life as her. And I'm really sick of them doing this where they keep putting her with people 
who aren't. And I finally thought we were getting that with Hayes. And it's like, no, now they're throwing Nick Marsh into the mix. And it's like, yes, he would be on board for it. Of course, I'm not saying he wouldn't. I'm just saying, like, I would be disappointed because I'm like, I don't want to see her with another guy who's not in the same place as her. Like, I'm so tired of them doing that. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this topic, I have to say, I want to say just to those things. I get what you're saying. Absolutely. But now watching Nick's back in the, I have to say that I feel like Meredith was like me because all this time while I was like, while she was with Andrew and then also when Ace appeared, even though I loved the two of them, sometimes I rewatched like older clips and I was like, oh, why didn't we get Scott Speedman? So maybe for Meredith it was the same, you know, years have passed, but maybe this guy, this passion that she met, this connection that she felt, it never actually went away. I mean, it never went away for me anyway. And so that is something that could have happened. And the other thing that you were saying about, you know, Meredith and Ace being in the same page, I think, you know, that what I feel like is that if Meredith and, and Ace get together, of course, they will understand each other. They will understand their pain and they will love each other. And that's okay. But with Nick, I feel there is something else. I feel like, you know, the figure of Derek will always be respected, but I feel like Nick could be another great, epic love story for her it's not just about you know we both know what pain is and i think they were in for a very very interesting storyline and also merith got some you know work related important news you want to talk about that yeah um I, again I'm, I'm conflicted about this storyline as well um and i just want to say this for record i have nothing personally against the state of minnesota i'm just not loving this storyline i just want to say that I uh, kind of want this to be misconstrued as me hating on Minnesota. Um, also because you, you don't have anything against places which are really cold since, you know. Yeah, because I live, is- you know, um, I've seen a lot of comparisons, maybe any of my followers can confirm this, but I've seen a lot of comparisons between uh, Minnesota and Manitoba. I've never been to either, but I do know what real cold is because I live in Ottawa. So I just want to say for the record, nothing against Minnesota. You guys are great. Um, but yeah, I'm I, again, I feel conflicted about this storyline because... If you follow me on Twitter, you know how I feel about this. The two things I was most excited for coming into this season and most excited for in the premiere was Meredith being back on her feet and being a surgical badass and kicking ass, you know, alongside her, you know, family and friends in Seattle. And her and Hayes finally get having that drink, finally getting together, finally starting to date, all of those first that they kept hyping, that they've talked about so much, um, you know, that we've all been waiting for. Those are the two things I was most excited about. And I think that's why I really, I really dislike this premiere is because like we've, we've, we do see Meredith back on her feet and being great, but she's in Minnesota and she's away from everybody else. Like she's, her story is divorced from everybody else. She's all out on her own and not that she needs everybody else, but I like seeing her interactions with other characters. And so I was like, Richard, in this episode, I was like, don't go to like, come back. Like, don't stay in Minnesota. Um, don't date this guy. Don't go where they like, just don't like, no, just come back. So like, I, uh, like on the one hand, I'm, I'm like, I'm loving that she's getting like, she's back on her feet, being a badass, being the character we know, you know, back to being the focus of the show, getting a great medical storyline. On the other hand, I would prefer it was in Seattle and not Minnesota. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. Also, yeah. I love Peter Gallagher. I want to say that. Peter Gallagher plays Dr. Hamilton, huge fan of his, loved him in Grace and Frankie, loved him in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Love, love, love him. Love that guy. But not feeling Minnesota. Okay, here we go. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. I mean, I, I, always, I also felt like Meredith Sterling was like divorced from the others. And I agree with you that she, she works best when she's surrounded by all her friends. But at the same time, I think that with these two episodes, because I think in episode two, she's going to be Minnesota as well. I think mm-hmm. they're important to set up the season because starting mm-hmm. from episode three, I mean, we have seen some promotional photos. She's at the hospital. So I think that it, it is an important start to, to, to her storyline. What I actually didn't get about this medical storyline, and I'm very excited about, you know, about the Grey Center. It reminded me of Christina and her Willy Wonka factory. Of, yeah, of, the chocolate factory, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, that he felt something that a neurosurgeon will do, would be preoccupied about. Yeah. So why this this medical storyline for a neuro uh, sorry for a um, general surgery a surgeon 
that is th this is actually what I didn't get because there is an, one point in which Mary says to Dr. Hamilton, but you know, I'm not a neurosurgeon. And he says, well, you'll try the best. Okay, that's great. But at the same time, I don't want Meredith just to be there for political reason, just to attract to attract important faces. I want there, she, I want her there because I want her, you know, to actually work on it, you know, not just being the face of it. So what I'm really confused about, and I hope that they will explain to me like another in later episode, is why she would be so interested in this disease, which is an a neuro disease, you know. That is the only thing that I'm- I Yeah, I, I get what you're saying too. I'm wondering if maybe like when when she asked like why he wouldn't be leading it, I had a moment where I was like, okay, I thought he was gonna say something about Alzheimer's because of her mother, but then he said Parkinson's. I'm wondering if there's, again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm wondering if there's some kind of a connection there where like something that they're working on, like it's for Parkinson's, but it could have implications for Alzheimer's or something. Like, is that the connection or- like they need a neurosurgeon we see in the promo for next week. Spoilers for the for next week's promo. Um, but we see that Amelia has traveled to Minnesota and is talking to Meredith about the lab. And so I'm wondering, is is ha Dr. Hamilton's idea that like she's going to recruit Amelia and together they are going to run this project and help cure Parkinson's before it gets him? Like, is that is that the idea? You know? Yeah, yeah. Like it could be. It could be. I, I, I don't know. And I agree. Like, I'd like to have that explained more. And I'm I'm hoping we're going to get that like next episode. I kind of got a little bit of vibe of that from the, from the promo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, can I just say, this is kind of funny. So I'd briefly seen like something of the promo flash up on YouTube and I, I closed it down before I saw anything, but because it was so brief and it was like kind of blurry um, for a moment. Okay. So now I know that it's, it was the back of Nick Marsh's head, but I had this moment because it was so brief. I thought I saw Henry for a minute. Oh my God. And I was like, what? You were like, is this the blast from the past? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause they were both on Felicity. Right. And he played Henry and he was, yeah. and I was like, for a minute, and like for a minute from a very blurry back of the head shot, I thought I saw Henry. And so I was like, what? <laughs> That's great. That's great. I just wanted to so, share that with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that before we talk about, you know, another storyline, the Amelia Link storyline, I just wanted to say really quickly that also in this episode, we have Alice Gray back. And yeah. I think that she's used in an interesting way mm -hmm. because she's back in, in Meredith's life again. This is also a reason why it feels the last season. Because then now that Meredith has survived again, now that she's a miracle, it's like, what are you going to do next to top yourself? What is the ultimate goal? And I'm really, really excited to see it. Yeah. And I have to say that when, like, it was first announced that Alice was coming back, and I was talking with friends about it, you know, we were all really worried. The concern that we had was like, oh, she's going to like be haunted by Ellis and torture herself. And her and Hayes are going to take forever to get together. And like, I wasn't really looking forward to that because I'm like, that doesn't sound great. But I have to say, I did like the way Alice was using this episode where Meredith like goes into like one of the rooms of the hospital and she's confronted with her. And when she's talking with Nick and she's like, you know, that's what haunts me every day. Like, what do you do now? And I have to say, I thought the way they used her, I thought I liked the way they did that. That was a lot better than kind of what they teased. Like there was a yeah. lot better than what I was expecting. Um, so that part I did, I did like, and if they continue to do it that way for the rest of the season, I think I'm going to enjoy that part of the storyline. Um, yeah. So I did want to give them props on that because what they, what, what I was anticipating based on what we had heard and what we actually got was so much better. So I did, I do want to give them props for that. So uh, do you want to give your thoughts on, on Amelia and Link? Ooh, Amelia Link. Well, again, I feel like I, I, I am not digging their storyline this season, Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is drama for drama's sake. Yep. I feel like this is just written drama, you know, contrived drama. Because the point to me is they're just being both so stubborn. I mean, Amelia doesn't want to get married, okay? But she loves Link. So what's the problem for Link to accept that? Why does he have to get married? I just don't get it. On the other end, it's like Link wants to get married because he wants to prove to himself that he can do a marriage. And Amelia just won't listen to him. And, you know, in these days, having a divorce is not that complicated if you want to divorce. So why can't you give in like a little bit since, 
since you're, you want to, you say that you want to spend the rest of your life with him. So I just feel like they had no storylines left for them. And they said, okay, let's throw this at them. It just, it doesn't feel real. But with the other characters, I have the impression that they're facing real dilemmas. Mm-hmm. They're really in an important cross path and crossroads in their life. With yeah. them, I just feel this is not happening. And and I, I have to say that I, I know that I, they want me to think that Amelia is being empowering herself, choosing what she wants. But to me, it comes across just as, why doesn't she do that? You know, it just, it, it wouldn't mean, any, it wouldn't change anything. And the same can be said for Link as well. So it yeah. just, I don't, I don't love the storyline. What about you? Do you like it? Not really. I'm with you. Um... You know, like she says in the doctor's office, she's like, you know, why is getting married the only option for you? And what frustrates me is that if we'd seen this over, so we know that like eight months passed at the end of last season, if we'd seen the progression of where Link went from being okay with them not being married, checking in with Amelia every couple of weeks to, you know, realizing that marriage was something he really wanted, it's really important to him, deciding for some reason that, Mar- that Amelia wanted him to propose at her sister's wedding using her dead brother's children, I still don't understand why he thought that would be okay. Like, he says to the doctor's office, he's like, oh, is that some rule I didn't know about? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is actually crashing someone else's party and joy. Yeah. And also, I did a Twitter poll about this after the episode aired just to see what other people's thoughts were. And I was like, I feel like proposing at somebody else's wedding is tacky. Like, tacky or romantic? And most people agree with me that it was tacky. Also, holiday proposals, like Owen proposing to Teddy at events. Also, I think that's tacky. Just want to put that out there. Um, so there's that. And I, I agree with you. It's like they have an otherwise healthy, wonderful relationship. They have this beautiful child together. They're also co-parenting Leo. Um, they have Scout you know, and so basically they're not together because Link at some point decided that getting married was so important that he's willing to lose a otherwise healthy relationship. Yeah. And Amelia got to a point where she realized if she, like she says in last season, you know, that she's worried the pressure and the anxiety and everything that goes on with being married and what that holds from her from she was married and engaged in the past um, might cause her to, to overdose or to relapse. And so I think that's a valid point. And so, but, you know, because sh- she can't find a way to get through that, they can't be together. And so I agree, it's just drama for drama's sake. Cause I'm like, so what? So like, why do they have to get married? Like in this day and age, um, you don't have to be married. You can be common law. Um, yeah. it, like it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not a necessity. I mean, my godparents aren't married and they're the happiest people I know. I mean- yeah, there can be a compromise. I mean, it, mm-hmm. is, it is, it is, I mean, it's not like when Christina and Owen were fighting over having a baby. There was yeah. something you cannot compromise about. Either you want a baby or you don't want a baby. Yeah. But this is different. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't, I mean, if <laughs> two people say that they love each other so much, they cannot live without the other person. How is it possible that they're stuck in this situation? Right? Yeah. I, I- yeah. I agree. It just felt like drama for drama's sake. Um, yeah. The other thing we should talk about is Teddy and Owen. So the big story for them this this episode is they finally tied the knot. They finally got married. Oh, uh, yeah. After like, <laughs> what? Like <laughs> 20 years, I guess. I know. Um, I, I hope this is the final wedding for Owen. I mean, that's it. Because otherwise they would, no. I mean, I was happy. I was happy for the two of them. I mean, they didn't have big, a big space at the big, uh, in this episode. And at the beginning, I was really sad. They were, you know, they were marrying all by their, themselves. Because I'm like, this is something that I noticed with late Grace. It's just that in the past, a wedding would have been like a big event. And yeah. everybody would be involved. And everybody would have talked about the wedding. And now it's like, oh, two people, like everyone has their storyline. They're all separated. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like an ensemble anymore. And this is something that makes me sad. So when I saw the two of them getting married at Joe's bar, I thought that was really sweet. I, I thought that was romantic. But at the same time, I mean, just... You know, if you want me to get invested in the storylines, I mean, you just have to tell me that these people are loved by others. That, I mean, two people cannot get married and no one knows about it. It, it doesn't make sense because, I, because again, how can I care about something? If you say to me that Meredith is the center of the story, how can I care about other stories if they're not connected to, the, to our main character? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, does she even know they got married? 
Like she's in Minnesota. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that is such a disservice to the show and to yeah. the history of the show. I mean, she would have made at least a phone call, like just to make me think, okay, Meredith, look, we're getting married. La, la, la. You know, otherwise, again, I mean, that was my biggest complaint with April and Jackson. I liked them as a couple, but I never, never loved them because it was like they're, they were in a separate show. Like Meredith yeah. never heard about the two of them as a couple. So I think it is important for these writers to, rem to remember that the message of the show is that they're each other's family and they have to be there when something this big happens. Yeah, and like, you know, to, to, to compare it, I mean, when Amelia and Owen were getting married, Meredith was there sitting with them being like, if you call Christina, like you should need to call her. Um, you know, like they were, Meredith was all involved with that. I mean, of course, she's close to both Amelia and Owen, but you know, this time, I mean, like, does, they were going to, you know, Mer like, Megan came all the, Mer Megan and Fru came all the way in, and, you know, apparently they'd planned this for a while, and it's not even clear if the other, like, Richard was confused as to, like, what do you mean you're getting married, which means they didn't tell them, and, like, when they were originally engaged, I think, in the previous seasons, you know, Owen was talking to Teddy about planning their dream wedding, so how they went from planning dream wedding to, Married in the park and nobody knows. And then, okay, we're getting married at Joe's bar. So it's like, it's like nobody cares about the two characters, these two characters. So why should I care? Yeah, that's my thing where I'm like, if they're not even going to tell other people and like, like why, like why would Meredith care? Like if she was so involved in the previous wedding, in Owen's previous weddings and previous stuff. And yet, you know, they're not involving her this time around. Like, why am I, like, why would I care? You know, yeah. like, why should I care as a viewer? Um, so, I mean, I'm happy they got married. Like, I've never been a Teddy and Owen tripper, but, like, if this means the drama for them is finally over after watching, like, a whole season of the fighting, fine. Like, I'm good Good for them. Like, <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that, that's where I'm at. Uh, the one thing I did want to say is, one thing I did like about that storyline was, I don't remember who says it, but I think it might be as well. And somebody mentions that um, Leo's wearing a tutu. And they're like, why is he wearing a tutu? And he's like, because he wanted to wear one. And Megan's like, oh, it looks great, bud. This because so in the episode, the last season's finale, when they're all at Meredith's house for Christmas. Okay, yeah, sorry, I just remembered that. How is it that Mer they're at Meredith's house for Christmas? Yet it's not clear if she knows they're getting married. What? Yeah, right. They proposed it's right. Proposal. Oh my god. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just re you just realized I that. I just realized this. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, so. Yeah, that speaks for itself. Okay, moving and on. Also, and also, Amelia and Link were not at the wedding as well. Yeah, they were, what the heck? <laughs> they were coming for the proposal. Like, they're co-parenting Leo. Like, where were they? Like, like we know Link was talking to Joe, but her bad died, y'all, but where the heck was Amelia? Like, anyway. Um, what, sorry, trying to talk about the tutu. Okay, so we were watching the episode, and we were just looking at the screen being like, the kid that plays Leo, she's like, wow, that kid has like very illustrious hair. How did, wow. Like, look at that kid's hair. And I was like, yeah, look at that kid's hair. Wow. And then we, I was like, I, I was like, I, and she was looking at this kid being like, because neither of us are big Teddy Noen fans. So she's looking at like, and there was stuff in the scene. She's like, I wonder what gender that kid is. Because look at that kid's hair. Like most boys that young don't have illustrious hair like that. And I was like, yeah, it's a really good point. And so I looked it up and the, the actor, the child actor that plays Leo is actually a girl. And so in this episode where we see that Leo's in a tutu, what I'm wondering is, I wonder if that wasn't scripted and that kid got to set and the kid had decided to wear a tutu that day and you can't make kids do things they don't want to do. Yeah. Like, and so I wonder if the kid just rocking the tutu and they're like, all right, the kid won't take the tutu off. His parents were like, I don't know what to say, man. And the writers were just like, okay, we'll just work with this. The kid likes, likes tutus. All right. And like, I'm, I really liked that moment because it was a great parenting moment. And I really would be interested if if they go the route of Leo being non-binary or gender fluid or trans or, you know, just, you know, fluid with his clothing. I would be really interested in that, actually. I think that could yeah, be a great storyline. Me too. That was so sweet. And also, yeah, absolutely. I would love to see, you know, Teddy, you know, when drama three and just, you know, having this storyline, that would be, yeah. it would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also, 
another storyline that we had in this episode, another important sto story was the, you know, Bailey and, and uh, Cormac Hayes and, and Maggie Pierce were all looking for, you know, other doctors, other mm -hmm. surgeons, especially a neuroplastic surgeon, a Jackson Avery's replacement, if there mm -hmm. might be ever be one. And we have the introduction of this powerful doctor, Dr. Lin, who's, who just jumps right into the action and who mm -hmm. just puts a shame on all the residents and interns <laughs> and says that, you know, their education is not great. And Richard is kind of offended by it. But I, I'm really on Dr. Lin's side because every time I see Levi on screen, I'm like, how is it possible that he's a doctor like in his, what, second, third year, I guess? Yeah. And it just doesn't know how to do his work. I mean, that's so frustrating because if you compare is what he knows to what our original characters, Meredith, Christina, Alex Jackson, had, you know, knew what to do by that point, the comparison makes just Levi's education pale, right? I mean, George was pulling off the heart in the elevator and like, what season was that? Like one or two? It was season two and, 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 and you know, season two and season one, season two, season three was all in one year. You know, it all took place in one year. Yeah. So that was like the first day of his residency. And he already saved a guy in an elevator. So, and Levi does just, you know, he's working on this patient with his, um, that, that has his face burned. And he's yeah. like, can someone come in? Because I don't know what to do. Oh my God, you're a doctor. You're supposed to know what to do, you know? And he handed the wrong syringe too, like the... Um, or not syringe, like whatever he handed, she's like, yeah, she needs like an 18 gauge of something. And he yeah. hands her the wrong gauge. Yeah, yeah. Mean, meanwhile, the, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the intro, but the, the woman, oh, one of the, I think it's the, the daughter Ortiz. I think that was her. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ortiz. Yeah, um, but like, you know, when, when that woman's running around being like, I love him, you have to say him, but you should know he's on shrooms. And she turns to Dr. Weber and she's like, I can take care of that. And he's like, please do. I'm like, that woman's on top of it. She's yeah. like, it's not medical, but like part of the job is kind of corralling people like cats. I'm sorry to say, but if you work with people, <laughs> you know, and like, she's on top of it. Meanwhile, like, again, I, I, I like Levi as a character, but it's like, and that was a big complaint I had with DeLuca as well when he was still on the show that like, you know, he was texting Meredith being like, oh, I just did my first solar surgery. And I'm like, you're an upper year resident. That was your first solo surgery. They were pulling that stuff off in like year two, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and I'm supposed to think you're this great doctor and I'm supposed to invest in your character. How can I invest in you when you can't do your job? Like, what? Yeah, so, this is something that I'm excited about because, it, I mean, spoiler for next week, but from the promo, we see that Richard starts a competition yes. between all these residents and interns. So, I, I really like that they're bringing this back because I think it is important to educate this, you know, these doctors just to yeah. be great doctors, just to be the next Meredith Grace or Christina Yangs, you know? Yeah, and I like that, that line from the promo where, you know, he's like, oh, it finally feels like the like the old days and we're just like, finally. Like, he's enthused, he's excited, he's getting them, they're up and working and doing the, the like, I'm happy to see the skills lab back, you know? Yeah. Uh, so so I'm, I'm excited about that because as I said before, Richard really shines, I think, as a mentor and a teacher and a boss. And one of the most beautiful things about his storyline to me over the course of the series is he's struggled a lot. He struggled with his alcoholism. He's had, you know, relapses or dry drunkenness. Like he's, he's been through a lot. But to see him come through that and really work on himself to be there and support Meredith and support Maggie and be there for Catherine and, and be and shine as that mentor and that boss, because I think his strength is he's a great, he's a great teacher. He's a great mentor and he's a great boss. And those are very difficult things to do. Everybody yeah. thinks they're easy, but they're not. And I, I love any storyline where Richard gets to be his badass regal self, you know? Yeah. I yeah. really love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of the lighter storylines <laughs> of this episode, uh, there are the Joe and Baby storyline and Megan Winston. So speaking of Joe, I mean, <laughs> how fake was that wig? <laughs> It looked ridiculous. <laughs> right, right. But I, I have to say that I really liked the, her interaction with Levi. I think they have great comedic timing. You yeah. know, when, I mean, I it's really awesome. laughed out. 
Yeah, I mean, I really laughed out when it was this moment in which Joe confesses to him that he has called her, uh, that she has called him, but after calling, having called, you know, lots of people. And he's like, you didn't call me as the first person. I mean, I, you were, I wasn't the first person to call. And she's like, just help me. I thought, I thought that was really- How many people did you call? How about, like, he's like, what he's really asking is how far down the list am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You think I, you're that first call and you're not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it was really, really, really funny. Yeah. Uh, I I will give I will give the show that. Like Joe and Levi have unexpectedly great comedic timing. That obviously wasn't something they like we didn't know that up until recently. You know, they didn't have a lot of scenes together till they became roommates yeah. and then friends. Um, so I'll give them that. That that was great. Yeah. Um and and then we have Megan Winston who are back from their honeymoon and Maggie has like this sex injury on her well, bracelet. They both do because Winston yeah. also has, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was funny, but like they didn't really do much. Yeah. Which was kind of odd to me. I'm like, okay, so they're back. And I was like, to me, it would have been more interesting if like they checked in at work and then went to like look at, look after Meredith's kids, you know? Yeah, like, it would make sense since they're just back from their honeymoon. Why? Yeah, and she's in Minnesota. Like that yeah. would have made sense. But instead, they were just talking about sex injuries and then they bounced early on Teddy and Owen's wedding. You know what? I think it's time for a favorite moment of mine and I think of yours as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our favorite line from the episode. Favorite line or favorite quote? Um, okay, do you want to go first? Um, oh my God. I think, I think, I think. I think it's Meredith's line at the end in her final voiceover when she says, you know, but what if it doesn't, what if it still doesn't feel like a win anymore? Does that mean you've stopped playing? No, it means it's time to change the game. Hmm. What's yours? Oh, okay. I think I, I think it's a tie for me. Like I said, I didn't love this episode, um, but I think my favorite, my favorite moment, the thing that made me laugh the most was when Joe opened the door of her apartment um, with the bad dye job and Levi was standing there in that big phoenix costume and he's like, what, like, what are you, a bird or whatever? She was like, I'm a phoenix rising from the ashes. It's the phoenix fest. And he was there in that ridiculous costume. <laughs> um, so that made me laugh. And I think, um, I don't really have a favorite quote, but probably my favorite scene was when Hayes called Meredith while she was in Minnesota um, and they talked over the phone. Um, and she like she fixed her hair before she accepted the call. Oh yeah, that was very very nice. Uh, that was very sweet and very cute, and I, I love the chemistry and seeing them actually play off each other. Because last season she was sick for most of it, so you didn't. And with all the PPE, um, like I know that wasn't really big bother to you last season. It wasn't a big bother to me, but I have to say now seeing the actors back like face to face without everything in the way, um, I do kind of get it because like. Yeah, that you really like to me. The chemistry between the characters is just so much more present. Um, yeah, with yeah, Otis. Yeah, they wasted. The yeah, yeah, they wasted. They, I think they wasted. I mean, it was an important season, but I think they they wasted the season. And I'm so happy to have Grace back. Yeah, so that was. I think that was my uh, favorite thing because it was very cute, and I just really felt the chemistry there. Yeah, I, so I, I, I think, I think that's it. I think we've done it. Yeah, we've done it. We've done. We we have talked about the premiere. All right, Grace uh, Anatomy back, and we are back as well. Yes. Uh, so that's our show. Uh, if you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review. Tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at Dancehall Pod and on Instagram at Dancehall Grace Anatomy. Until next time, I'm Jasmine, and I'm Giuseppe, and this is Dance It Out, a Grace Anatomy podcast. 